Hello and welcome to another episode of the Atomic Geekdom Podcast. My name is Dave. Joining me tonight is the Atomic Geekdom Collective. They're all here except for Tom. Uh, first is Jenny. What's up, people? Uh, fresh from Scare LA this past weekend. Or wait, wait, how's it said again? Scarella. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I believe she's going to have some cool content for us from that. Maybe we'll get into it before the show's over today. Uh, hopefully, because she spent a lot of time there. Uh, also joining us is JD. Hey, guys. <laughs> JD, it, it feels like it's been a long time. It, it has been it. a long time. That's why. <laughs> I miss you, honey. I miss you. I know. I miss you too, Jenny. It's been too long. All right, now that that love fest is over, and it's it's no longer two against me. Uh, now introducing the the newest member of the Atomic Geekdom family. She actually writes for the Geekly Planet. Uh, she's going to be writing every so often for us as well and joining us on some podcasts if she has some time. Uh, her name is Shannon. Hello. How's it going, everybody? <laughs> Fantastic. And as always, which we pre- prepared you for, most people don't get that luxury, <laughs> uh, you need to introduce yourself to our listeners and to JD and Jenny. Uh, what 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 is your geek cred? What are you what are you very geeky about? What gets you the most geek cited? If I can just make up more words, <laughs> I think I have a pretty eclectic taste. I think the things I'm most excited about are LARPing and Batman for sure. Um, but I love. Video games, I play WoW and StarCraft, and I love movies and television and books and pretty much everything. Conventions, cosplay, everything. So, pretty eclectic tastes. I like it. Uh, what what got you into LARPing? Uh, gosh, that's a really funny story. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, Basically, I was really into the Aragon books when they came out uh, when I was a teenager. And one of my friends was like, hey, I do this nerdy thing, and it totally has to do with magic and wizards. And I was like, all right, I'll check this out. And I just fell in love. Cool. I don't, you know, I'll be honest, I don't think I've read one of the Aragon books. But you're not missing much. <laughs> I, the movies, really? the movies didn't like look the that good. Books. Yeah, the a books lot. were all right. They were all right, but they were uh, poorly written by a teenager. But you know, I was a teenager at the time, so of course I loved them. So, mm-hmm. uh, but that was really my like online geek start. To I was like a moderator for a forum for Aragon and everything. Oh, wow. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're a big Batman fan. Yes. Um, your, your Skype avatar, you're wearing a Batman or a Batgirl hoodie. I don't know which one yeah. it is. Batgirl? Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So Batman versus Superman. <laughs> How many different ways can you think for Batman to defeat Superman? Uh, oh God. <laughs> uh, by not being, um, filmed by Zack Snyder would be a great way to Perfect. start that off. It's <laughs> oh. a good start. No, I, this is just shots fired because Jenny's a Superman fan. Well, all right. We all have our flaws, Jenny. It's okay. Oh, I know your your flaws are stacking up tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, I mean that with love, but oh, Green Bay Packers and Batman. Not saying I'm not in love with Batman. I do. Dave's not selling this right. I love me some Batman. I just one time throughout. I I do love Superman. But I threw out this comment that if gloves were off, there was no way mortal Batman. Could be alien Superman, but the fight, if gloves were off, I, hang on, take but, morals and everything okay. out of the thing, and then he got his panties in a wad and not. went all berserks, and now it just keeps getting. Oh, now we're, that now was we're, one of the biggest atomic geekdom fights we had. Now like we're just Batman versus Superman, spreading lies. 
I mean, I, I can understand that. It's a good argument. I just think that Batman's brain, he always has a backup plan. And I don't think that you can prepare for that. So, I don't know. See, I'm actually on team. I love Batman, but I'm team Jenny for this one. Of like course, Superman. Of course, you are. <laughs> I, no, I am. Just I know. think about it. Superman in a brute is from strength a fight. Different... In a brute strength yeah. fight, I agree. But the thing is, is Batman's wit. Uh, he always has a backup plan, and that's why in the comics, Batman won. So. All right. Yeah, but you but in the comics, <laughs> you didn't put the morals and all the the personal struggles aside. That's the thing, is Superman has such a walk-the-straight-line, I-will-not-do-this. In the, in the comics, not the movie. In, in the comics, yeah. In the <laughs> yeah. movies, Batman has machine guns, so... And we'll Superman, do Superman just doesn't care. Superman destroys all of... Right, right. It's fine. Right? Yeah, Metropolis is completely gone at this point. But all I'm saying <sighs> is you take a guy who... He's still amazing. I'm not saying Batman's not amazing. He just has really fancy toys and a clever sense of using them. Superman, on the other hand, can fall from another galaxy and smack on Earth and still be okay. He can shoot lasers from his eyes. The list is ridiculously long of what Superman can do to kill Batman. Unless unless Batman... I want him to be Justice League BFFs. And just be happy, but Dave just can't take it. He just can't handle that. Because all Batman mm. needs is this one shiny stone, and it's all over. See, yeah, that's but how's he going to get that shiny stone? It's, Superman's so boring. He has like he can do everything, yes. but it's like a rock that is his flaw. Like of everything in the world that could be his flaw, it's a rock. Like that's just my that's my one comeback for him. <laughs> is just I don't know. He just never well, got my you, flaw. If you follow the movie, all you got to say is Martha with Batman. So. Yeah, I was about to say I was about to drop I was about to drop real low for Batman, but I didn't say anything. Well, I would like to be well, it's a good, everyone. It's a good thing the Snyderverse doesn't count for anything. So through no. that, uh, all right, all right, moving on. On to things. I do that- love me some Batman though, and I really, although Batman versus Superman was. Really, really horribly written. Like <laughs> it, it might be one of the worst written superhero movies of all time, and that's saying a lot with Daredevil out there. Not the TV show Daredevil, <laughs> but Batman then and Robin. Daredevil. Yeah, and Green it was Lantern. bad. It was bad. But <laughs> with that being said, really, really like Ben Affleck as Batman, and I like Superman. I like the actor. I like everything about that. I just want them to get a good writer and make sure that. I don't even care if Snyder's a part of it. Just make sure he doesn't have all the control. He needs a parent to slap mm. his hands when he's being <laughs> a karate kid. Yes. All right. Let's, let's segue into tonight's topic. Uh, Suicide Squad came out this past week, and it's a very polarizing topic on Twitter and the internet and Rotten Tomatoes especially because of the reviews it's getting from uh, official professional movie critics and the reviews it's getting from people that are fanboys or, you know, online fans or comic book geeks like ourselves. Uh, mm-hmm. I know Jenny and JD have not seen it. We're not going to actually talk about Suicide Squad, but we're going to kind of talk about what critics and fanboys, like what their relationship should be, or what it is, and all of that uh, tonight. Um, what, I guess, when you read a movie review, what are you looking for these days, Uh like what are you what are you trying to get out of that movie review, JD? 
for me, I like I want an I want an unbiased opinion of whether the movie is worth my time or not. What like if, I don't. Yes. What if it's a movie you already know you want to see? Then I won't even look up reviews for it because I don't. It's one of those things that I don't want other people's opinions like swaying mine because it does happen. I'm like, oh, a lot of people read it and I don't like it, so I don't really want to. I don't want to see it then. So if you're all amped up for Cabin in the Woods 2 uh, because <laughs> you loved Cabin in the Woods so much and the new one's coming out and you know the reviews are coming in and you get word that the reviews are bad, you're going to avoid them. Are you going to go back and read them after you see the movie? Um, yes, I, I do want to see what other people think of the movie. I just want to make my own opinion first Sure, that before makes I let anyone else make it for me. Smart. Uh, what about I- you? Yeah. I, I'm going to jump in there because I'm I'm kind of the opposite, but I'm also the one that really likes spoilers. Like, spoilers don't bother me. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to hear what people have to say. And it – because here – I guess probably a good starting point is what makes a critic, right? If it's just opinions, then they're a fanboy. You know, that it you have to have – education and knowledge about the subject you're talking about in order to be a legit critic, in my honest opinion. So you get movie critics who go in there and they're not watching it, whether or not that it's the characters they mm-hmm. love or things like that. They're watching it as does the story develop in the fact that I, I want these characters to succeed or fail. They watch it for, is the cinematography beautiful or is it just thrown together like crap? They watch it for, is the acting's good? Um, everything around it, you know, primarily being the story and then secondary being the effects, the lighting, then the acting. They go in I there think, doing yeah. that. So I want to, I want to know their, their two cents on it. I want to know when they watch it sort of mathematically, what's their conclusion but then you can take – I mean some of the my favorite movies are the worst movies. They're horribly <laughs> done, horribly mm-hmm. acted, but they're amazing movies because they're so stupid or they're so ridiculous. And if a critic watched them, the critics you know, are going to rip it apart. I mean hands down. So you've got to – you have to know what you're going into when you read a critic's review and then you read fan base reviews. I think that's, that's my biggest problem with critic reviews is instead of going into a movie like wanting to watch the movie for fun, they go into a movie looking to find out what's wrong with it and pick it apart. It's kind of like that mindset that like I want to find everything that's wrong instead of enjoying this movie and seeing if I liked it kind of deal. That's I don't, I don't, I don't know that I agree that they're looking for what's wrong with it, but they are going to be critical of it because that's exactly mm-hmm. their job. You know, I, I'm only, I, I don't really read – reviews of movies before I go see them ever. Um, if there's like an overwhelming wave of this is really bad or this is really good, sometimes I'll look at a couple just to see if I can see what they saw when I go see it. Um, but for the most part, I really won't read them until after. And even then, I prefer to read um, like fan site reviews more than I like to read critic reviews because I think it's a more real interpretation of what the film is in my eyes. So. I, I can I can see that I I'm also though I I think some of my jade jadedness of it, the whole thing is I was a huge Sookie Stackhouse fan mm-hmm. I 
that was that one set of books that I gravitated towards, and they're mm-hmm. ridiculous. I mean, they're like Danielle still meets yeah. vampires, but but oh, they yeah. were fun. And when the show came out, exactly. I was so excited, and I was so engulfed in the social media scene of fans. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, though, wouldn't take the moment to actually look at it and go, why did they do that? You know, like because mm-hmm. the first season of HBO's True Blood was actually pretty good. And it was pretty tight to the books, give or mm-hmm. take, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, spoiler alert, Jessica doesn't exist in the books. So there and mm-hmm. and that whole the whole tribunal and all that. It's like, what is mm-hmm. this? You know, because it's mm-hmm. about a small town waitress. You know, right. and now you've got this big Hollywood junkyard scene. And it, I don't know. I'm, I'm like sitting there going, I love this. And I know they're going somewhere with this, but this is a bit cheesy. Right. Mm-hmm. But you, at that time, a lot of, and I'm going to say primarily women, were so excited because it added some danger to the storyline. Oh. And I'm just like, it's a story of vampires. There's going to get danger soon enough. Calm down. Right. <laughs> So I always go into it a little more hesitant because I think people, you know, it's like you can never, you know, if you have kids or, you know, your parents or what have you, yours is always the best and they can never Mm -hmm. do no wrong. That's Mm -hmm. not always the case. And I think flaws definitely need to be brought out. And I think the best flaws are brought out by the people that truly love the the genre Mm -hmm. or the, the story. That's fair. That's fair. I don't disagree. And I also think that there's also sometimes some separatism that goes on there. Like, you realize this is not the books that I was a fan of, but the series was great. And so I enjoy that as well. Um, So that happens on occasion, too. I I enjoy fans that can be critical of their work without being Mm -hmm. too uh, involved in their own ego, I suppose. That's that's an excellent way of putting it because that's the problem is everybody – it's my team against your team mm-hmm. almost with it. As you say with the Superman versus Batman. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, there is that middle ground where mm-hmm. you can look at it and go, okay, this story plot is really stupid. But mm-hmm. maybe they're leading up to something that it's going to pan out to actually be – You know, we'll look back at it and it'll be good. So you've got it – you've got to – have confidence and trust in the creators. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem, especially when it comes to critics and with, with fans is when you don't have that overwhelming confidence to let mm-hmm. them, let them do their thing and see how mm-hmm. it pans out yeah. because you there have been a lot of, a lot of really great television, really great books, really great movies that if you only watch the first 20 minutes, you're like, this is stupid. But then you get to the end and you're like, that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. But if you never gave it a chance, Mm -hmm. you would never gotten to that surprise, you know? Right. Yeah, definitely. Well, and I think that's a lot of what has happened with a lot of, well, with like, especially with Suicide Squad. Um, I don't want to talk too much about it, but I know a lot of people have had backlash to Leto's Joker. And I think you have to give characters a chance to evolve. I think it's a really modern interpretation of Joker. Like if Joker was written today, it's very possible he would be Leto's Joker. Um, You just have to give characters a chance to evolve in the same way that people do. Um, The Captain America we all know and love today is not the same Captain America that was written there are some intrinsic values that are still the same but uh, I mean a lot of things have changed and you just have to give 
characters the chance to change with their writers. That, and you've got to let them, every character is different because of the environment they're put in. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that develops because of, like I was saying earlier, the cinematography or the colors used in a scene mm, or yes. the darkness of the plot. Mm-hmm. If you took Leto's Joker and dropped him into, you know, the uh, Nolan pieces, it would not work because his no. whole appearance is very neon and flashing. Whereas mm-hmm. exact op- opposite too is if you take um, Heath Ledger and put it into this, it totally wouldn't work because he's so mm-hmm. muted, you mm-hmm. know, in comparison that you mm-hmm. have to let the environment tell you if the it's character a really great good. point. It's a really great point. What do you think, Dave? I totally yeah. agree. That was <laughs> a lot of into very smart opinions. I loved it. I just was sitting back and listening. Uh, okay, so basically the, the definition or the, the line has to be drawn of, well, critics are critics. They're not fans. They don't get emotional. They're not emotionally invested in They may enjoy these characters, but when mm-hmm. they write up about their movie, it has to be typically, they have to take that out of it. Just like a sports journalist can't be tied to one team they have to write mm-hmm. about all of the teams and not be biased. Uh, when a mm-hmm. movie, a movie critic is also a fan of just movies. That's probably why they got into the business because they enjoyed mm-hmm. watching movies in general. They loved that medium. They loved that art form. So when they sit down to watch a movie and they're actually working and writing a, 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 a review of that movie, they're not looking at, well, did they nail Batman? Like, is this the Batman that's from the comics or is this the same Batman that we saw in the Nolan movies or uh, was Michael Keaton better? They don't care. They just want to see a well-performed character right. on screen in a story that makes sense, that goes from start to finish and is not all over the place and uh, it's not a boring movie or just a flashy movie. Uh, what I think gets lost is a movie like the, the Fast and Furious movies, which are just popcorn movies. It's not meant to make sense. It's not Mm-mm. meant to necessarily be an intellectual masterpiece. It's just meant to be an action, fun ride, thrill ride. And still, well, those we, those tend to get... We had that argument like on this, this podcast about that when Mad Max Fury Road came out. I mean, people loved it and they hated it. And you had critics, you know praising it and then you had non-critics going that was the worst movie i've ever seen and vice versa but again it's it was made for eye candy you know you can't mm-hmm. go into it wanting it to be an oscar award-winning piece you know it, you just want to see shit blown up i mean but then it was too it was an oscar-winning piece yeah. uh at least pieces of it were right i i and- with what the fanboys defending their movies to the critics, like this whole, this whole petition to get Rotten Tomatoes oh taken my down, God. which is absurd. It's absolutely ridiculous. Let people have their opinions. Like, right. if people love it, let them love it. If they hate it, let them hate it. It's it it it, it shouldn't affect your experience. Your experience and, is your own, and that shouldn't be affected by reviews. You have to go in with an open mind. And there's plenty of other sites you can look at that would support you. You know, Rotten Tomatoes just one, and it's, it's, it's an average is mm-hmm. all it is. If you don't like the average, you can't blame it on the Rotten Tomatoes. You know, maybe there's conspiracy. I love the conspiracy theories, but <laughs> it's it's just an average. You right. know, when you're like, do you like this? Do you not? More people click just the no. You know, it's it's an mm-hmm. average, but people get all 
butthurt about it going, I... Well, I think, I think they get upset uh, about it because these are critics that, I mean, it's a, uh, you have to be approved to be a Rotten Tomato critic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these are people that are, are paid to do this. And that's where the, the conspiracy theory comes in that they're all paid by, by Disney or Marvel, uh, <laughs> which is again, ridiculous. Right. Because they're just doing their job. Other movies have come out that if they've given 27s to, and it's not just because it's a DC movie, it's because they thought the movie was bad. I can I can agree with them that BVS was a bad movie, and I can agree that Suicide Squad is not a great movie, but it's also not a twenty seven percent movie, in my opinion. And I think, in my opinion, and I think that's where like Rotten Tomato is a little weird because like what they do is it's only fresh if it's above sixty percent, so everyone can think it was like a six point five movie, but it would get a hundred percent Rotten Tomatoes because it was all above that like threshold number. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that the piece that is often missing from those reviews is the, in my opinion, like people need to recognize this is my perspective. Um, and we're too often focused on being in an echo chamber of our opinions. Like we want everyone to agree with us and that's fine, but you have to consider the alternative. Um, you have to consider for, for perfect example is, uh, my boyfriend loved Batman versus Superman and he did not understand why I didn't like it. Um, and I had to recognize that his experience was totally separate from my own. He's not a comic book fan like I am. And so he didn't see the flaws in it that I saw. He just saw it as a good comic book movie. Which, I mean, I can argue it wasn't, but that I can't deny his experience because mine was different. You can't deny the critics their experience because it was different from your own. Right. Well, and, I think- and that's that's a really good point, though, for the simple fact that when you watch a movie like that, you, you can't take it's, – it's supposed to be entertaining. You mm-hmm. can't take it so seriously. And, yeah, I, I, I'll admit, I walked away from Batman versus Stupid – Stupid man, Superman, <laughs> going Freudian slip. Such a Freudian slip, um, because it. And this is more of a critic side than side than a fan side, because I really wanted it to be good. And you know, everybody goes, "Well, were you because of your expectations? Is that why you didn't like it more?" And I'm like, "No, I think that's why I probably liked it more than I actually did." Mm-hmm. It's 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 one of those that you. You hype it up so much, and yeah, you can taint it, but you still have to know it and have fun with it. When I, I've told people before, I'm like, yeah, it's really, really bad, bad writing, horribly bad writing. There are scenes in it that make zero sense, but it's still fun. I mean, I still had a good time watching it. I still love that they killed most of the city, but... <laughs> I, I liked it. I mean, I am not going to go out and rush out and buy it on, on Blu-ray. I'm not going to probably put it on going, oh, let's watch this. I haven't seen it in a while. Mm-hmm. But it was still one of those Friday night, pop some popcorn, sit down, and just forget about the troubles of a day for a minute and watch superheroes totally mess stuff up. Mm-hmm. So, and maybe that's maybe that's the argument is that, you know, if critics – could I mean there there most critics and not all I mean Entertainment Weekly is probably a really good example of being more um they're they're way more opinionated about their piece <laughs> depending on the writer ra- rather than other critics well some critics will go in and point out the flaws of the story writing point out the flaws <laughs> of the direction and it makes sense because it's it's the art form and people study art but. You also just get people that just want to complain. 
you know, mm-hmm. and that's where that's where that line kind of gets hazy because, you know, haters are going to be haters. <laughs> <laughs> I hated I just, Dave. I, I knew that was coming. Uh, <laughs> I missed that one. <laughs> it's been a while. You got to be on geek outs more often. Tom loves <laughs> Tom loves to bring it up. Um, I doubt it. Okay, so back in the day of tube TVs and VHS and things like that, movie critics were like, you know, like Siskel and Ebert and things like that, where you kind of went and saw like a trailer uh, on TV or whatever, and you got to see what they thought of the movie, thumbs up or thumbs down. And it was more of like, like JD said originally, used to decide, well, if, am I going to see this movie? Uh, for like, I would say more of the lesser known movies. There's back in the day of lesser blockbusters than there are this mm-hmm. every year that we get, you know, almost every month there's a new blockbuster uh, movie coming out. And like today, now we have the internet. So there's a new movie review every minute, essentially being posted on some blog or some website mm-hmm. and trailers are all over the internet. Everybody has easy access to find out everything they need to know about a movie three months, six months, two years before it comes out. So there's less of that need for the movie critic to inform uh, before the movie comes out. But yet we still have a lot of smart people making or writing movie reviews because, again, there's a need for it. And they have a love for film and they -hmm. want to tell people what they think of the movie. And again, it gets lost on the fanboys that these are just one person's opinion on the movie. And their their list of their favorite all-time movies probably wouldn't make everybody's top five or ten. And you look at the Academy Awards, like the Oscars, and most of the times <laughs> the, the movies that win are movies that people haven't ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just, I, I didn't see that movie. I was too busy seeing, you know, Furious 7 or whatever. You know, right. I, I keep going back to that franchise because it's so popular and I don't understand why, but... Because um, <laughs> it's fun as hell? See, I, I, can't, I can't wait for you to see Suicide Squad, Jenny, because I refer... I see it. I have referred to Suicide Squad as the Fast and Furious of comic book movies. But that's a really good comparison. Ooh. That's a really good comparison, actually. And that's kind of what I'm expecting out of it. Like, I'm not expecting, you know, Dark Knight Rises. I mean, that was an intelligent comic book movie, in my opinion. Well, uh, I'm- not on the Rises. <laughs> uh, the Dark Knight, maybe. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, but you're, I don't, I don't know. It's... I- I think Dave brings up a really interesting point in the fact that critics used to play, I think, more of a role than they do now. Because a lot of times what happens now are movies that are coming out that, like, I'm going to go see it no matter what. Like Suicide Squad, Batman vs. Superman, uh, Wonder Woman. I will go see that opening night. I don't care what anybody says. Because I'm excited to see that adaption regardless of if it's good or bad. Uh, So I think that critics don't play the same role that they used to. I, I find if it's a movie I know nothing about, like uh, one that I want to know a lot about, like you know the build up to Ten Cloverfield Lane, which there was really none because the trailer came out a month before the movie came out. Mm-hmm. I was eagerly searching information because I love that universe, that that Cloverfield style of of, mm-hmm. of movie. Shaky cam, not so much the shaky cam, but like the <laughs> the viral marketing behind it. Sure. Um, just not knowing anything about it, all we had was this 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 little trailer, this teaser, and that was it. And so that was exciting. And so when the reviews started to come in, I wanted to avoid them because I don't want spoilers. I wanted to be excited when I sat down to watch this cool new movie. 
But if it's a movie I know nothing about, like, and I just don't care, like, it's not tied into a Marvel universe or a DC universe or whatever, mm-hmm. or like Jurassic World, because I'm going to go see that anyways. But if it's a new movie that I know nothing about, like uh, The Shallows, I wanted to see The Shallows because it sounded mm-hmm. awesome. And it's a new shark movie, and mm-hmm. why not go check it out? I'll read some reviews to see how it did, even though I know going into it, it's a horror movie with a shark and Blake Lively. It's probably, right. probably not going to get good reviews, <laughs> but I want to see what people are saying about it. But I'll go and I'll make my own opinion, because I'm probably still going to enjoy it, because that's my kind of movie. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess, yeah, these days, it's it's tough to, to take the, the critic in the same light that we had it before. At the same time, they don't deserve your vitriolic hatred no. uh, on, on Twitter. It's the same thing yeah. for an artist or a writer that you think is not treating your character that you love so much the right way. They don't deserve the death threats or the petitions to take down their websites that have existed for quite a long time. <laughs> um, it just doesn't make much sense. But again, you're you're crossing that line. When you're a fanboy, like your things you're passionate about, Jenny... What is what is a fan base that you're passionate about that I, I actually already know the answer, but go ahead and say it. Which one? Oh, I mean, the one, <laughs> all the of one, Jenny. Uh, there, seriously, there could be fifty of them, but we can go walk it down. It, no, 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 no. Let me start here. Let me start here. The one, if they were making a remaking a movie, you. Oh would my be, god, Flash Gordon. There it is. Yeah, yes, I mean, if they're remaking that movie. Okay, so they remade it. And it's coming out to huge reviews. People are saying it's the movie of the the millennium. Would that matter to you? Would you still be upset because they remade your beloved Flash Gordon movie? See, though, that's that's that fine line. It's I don't want them to ever touch Flash Gordon just for the fact that I don't want them to take any of the light away from the original 80s Flash Gordon. I mean, there were Flash Gordon before there's Flash Gordon after that TV show was horrible, by the way. Um, <laughs> but the, the one in the 80s with Max von Snydow, with Timothy Dalton, all, it, it's so cheesy and so amazing. And it can't be redone because the reason why it's so awesomely bad is because it was 1980. You know, it's got Freddie Mercury, Mercury, (laughs) I can't talk tonight, singing over everything. I don't want them to touch it because that movie in my eyes is perfect. Now, if somebody wants to take the Flash Gordon story, like who Flash Gordon is, and move it along, because there are hundreds of comic books that they can base a storyline off of, they don't have to do what they did in that 1980s movie. If they took the character Flash Gordon, and made this epic movie, I'd watch it. But if they tried to redo Flash Gordon from 1980, hell no, hands down, I'd be pissed. Mm. Even though the, the critics are all saying it's amazing. Like I said, if if it is a new take on it, I'm totally in. But if they're just trying to just redo the exact storyline, like you're going to have Flash doing the ball toss in the middle of Ming's court and the Hawkman, you're going to have the, re, you know, the tilting battle scene on the spiked platform. I wouldn't see it, but it's the same reason why I don't see a lot of movies. It's like, I've already, I've already seen it. I don't need to waste my time to watch it in a different color. I guess you my know? point I was trying to go towards was like I was reversing it. So uh, it's it's a movie that was anticipated like Suicide Squad or, or BVS. 
in that we don't know, we're kind of not sure what to expect, but people are eagerly anticipating it because of all these characters that they want to see. And before we get a chance to see it, critics are already bashing it and tearing it apart. But as, as a fan, you're, you're still excited because you haven't experienced it. And then you're defending it on, you know, the various sorts of social media because you love these characters so much that this, this critic whose job is to sit in a theater, watch a movie and then write their feelings and thoughts and, and opinions. You're not going to like my answer on this because (laughs) I, I don't know anything about the suicide squad. I, I know who Harley Quinn is. I know the Joker, obviously. I don't know anything about any of the other characters. You take somebody like me that's not a fan base, and again, I know you hate it every time I say this, but it aesthetically did not look good. It, it And it might look good if I was 19 years old. You know, I probably thought, you know, think that it's awesome looking, but... And simple aesthetics, like it just looked like a bad painting. It didn't Mm -hmm. look good to me. So when I see people who have actually seen cuts of it or seen parts of it mimic what I'm thinking, it doesn't give me a lot of confidence to go into it. Now, let's take that on the other side, though. If I knew everything about these characters, would I still think that way? Probably, because I still think that it wasn't beautifully shot. I don't like the color tones they used, and I know, you know, it does look like a Hot Topic ad, and that's not my style. I don't, it's the difference of seeing, like, a Picasso next to a paint-by-number, and I'm looking at it like a paint-by-number. You know, I I think they could have made it a beautifully cool movie, and it looks cliche. So I read those, those reviews, and it makes sense to me. But I don't have blinders on either. I don't have the love for all the different characters to blind me on that. I'm just going by what I'm seeing. Again, I want to see the movie. And I'm hoping mm-hmm. it's really good. Because it's going to be a fun popcorn movie. I'm not mm-hmm. going to walk away going, that man should get the best cinematographer. Oh my gosh, that <laughs> camera angles were beautiful. I love what they did with the costumes and the threading and just the reflection of the lights. I'm not going to do that because I'm going to go into it and walk, knowing that people are going to just be blowing shit up. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, that, that's that fine line with being a critic and not being a critic is that you've got to take a critic's point of view of what they see as mathematical and not passionate, mm-hmm. you know, and, and yeah, it can tweak your perspective of things, but there's been a lot of movies that I've absolutely loved. And somebody points something out to me that I never saw before. And now when I watch that movie, it bugs the crap out of me because I'm just like, <laughs> Oh my God, that is horrible. Why are they doing that? You know, it's because you do you do kind of when you have love for something you put on these blinders and you only see the love of your life in front of you. I agree I, and disagree with that though because I was ready to be in love with Batman versus Superman and I couldn't. Because it was bad. Exactly. Though my favorite character, my you know, my my favorite team is being born right before my eyes. The Justice League is right there. I've got Wonder Woman finally, and Superman and Batman, all three of them are on the same screen. And I should be having the time of my life in the movie theater, yet I'm I'm uncomfortable, uneasy, and just disappointed in what I saw. 
I, I was entertained to a point after the first viewing because then I was able to just watch it, you know, not as a, the diehard fan. I was able to just watch it and enjoyed it a little more. And the Ultimate Edition is a little bit better than the theatrical version. But at the same time, I couldn't just hide behind the fanboy blinders and say this, like, like it's like the prequels, the Star Wars prequels. I can't say I can't say those are good movies, even though I love Star Wars to death. Um, I can't say they're terrible, but they're not as good as the originals, of course, and they're, they're just not good movies. In my my opinion, I know people that love the prequels. But but there's reasons and there's reasons they love it and there's reasons why you hate it. You know, there there are parts where you're sitting there looking at it going, why is Jar Jar Binks on there? Jar Jar Binks is ruining the scene. But then there's other people that are like, oh, I like the little comedy, you know, added. I don't want a really serious sci-fi movie. I want I want a little fun. I want to remember it, you know, laughing and having a good time at this movie. And it's so dark and serious. Both both reviews totally accurate. You know, I think that's like what makes a fanboy's reaction okay or not okay is recognizing. I mean, as I said before, that everybody's experience is different, and recognizing that just because I didn't like this movie doesn't mean that everybody else should hate this movie. <laughs> right. And having that ego that I know Batman better than anybody and I know how Batman should be represented better than anybody. And my way is the only right way. That's, that's what makes a bad reaction. That's what makes people send out death threats and ask rotten tomatoes to be taken down. Like that, that's what makes a bad, um, fan. Well, well, and it's also, it's that classic saying, pick and choose your battles. Now, if rotten tomato came out and was just, ripping apart everything about the movie, but just unprofessionally, you know, like mm-hmm. a vindictive rant, then yeah, I'd be on that same page of like, they need to go down. That's, that's sure. what I'm called for. Sure. But sure. they're not, they're, they're doing their thing, but you get, you get these people that don't understand that the best things in the world are oppositions, you know, like you learn mm-hmm. from the things that, you know, in order to be happy, you have to have some pain. Now and again, Mm -hmm. it's kind of that mentality Mm -hmm. that you don't have to agree with them, but you have to at least see and try to walk in their shoes Mm -hmm. for a few minutes. And that, I mean, you can take that from movies across every aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. And as we know, especially in this modern day with social media, there are a lot of people that are socially retarded to that fact that they haven't learned or incapable of learning that debate is good. But mm-hmm. viciously attacking is not. Let me. I'd like to ask. Okay, of of these two movies, which one would you think is the higher higher rated on Rotten Tomatoes? This is just kind of a side thing. I was looking at something because um, I was getting ready to ask you guys a different question, but I saw this mm-hmm. this this list on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> um, which which would you say is the better movie? Um, again, your opinion: Superman Returns with Brandon Routh. Or the first Batman movie from 1989 with Michael Keaton. Well, the first Batman movie, like. Well, no, no. What do What do you think? Oh, what um, opinion of what one's better out of the two? Right. Actually, you know what? Let's not do the Batman one. Let's keep it strictly Superman. Superman Returns or Man of Steel. Oh, I, I like feel like them. Superman Returns got a better, like, better Rotten Tomato score. But which do you, I think. which? Yeah, which That's do you? That's a Brandon Ralph. 
Last yeah, one or yeah, okay. with Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor. Which one do you feel is the better movie? Which one did I you like seen, more? I have not seen Superman Returns in forever. <laughs> I yeah, I I can't I can't even answer this. I th- I think the newer one's a better movie. Absolutely, I agree. I think Man of Steel is a much better movie. I think Superman Returns. There is just something lost in the translation of Superman there for me, but it just. I feel like they were trying too hard to keep to the classic interpretation, and something missed. It just it missed its mark. It was yeah, a weird like, story. Well, and it was like bubblegum. You know, it's well, he it's never fun to he never throws a punch, bubbles, but you know, like Superman never punches a bad guy in that whole yeah. movie. And then Lex Luthor's plan, really? Lex Luthor's plan is really bad. Anyway, uh, but it is it is rated higher. Than Man of Steel, and I and I, I really do believe that Man of Steel was a product of its hype. That it did get such a it it did get such a bad review because everyone was like, "This is it. This is the Superman movie to end all Superman movies," and well, it just didn't live up to that. Part of it, the hype was it was supposed to be the start of the DC universe. Like this was mm-hmm. their beginning, and that's where the hype comes in. Man of Steel is not a terrible movie at all. I think Man of Steel is better than Batman or Superman. I yes, I agree. I don't know by how much, but yeah, um, marginally, but it's better. But Rotten Tomatoes also has two Swamp Thing movies rated higher than Batman versus Superman. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just put that out there. Uh, <laughs> Batman: Mask of the Phantasm rated higher than, than oh my god <laughs> uh, than pretty much all the other Batman movies aside from the Nolan Batman's. I just, I don't understand why people let critics reviews ruin their own experiences. That's right. that's where I get lost. I'm oh, like, why why do you care if that, you enjoyed the movie? Yeah, that's what matters. The only time I care whether or not another fan enjoys my movie or the movie I like, not my movie, um, <laughs> is that it will get it more funding. Like the thing I yeah. the thing I was happy about that people really enjoyed or not everybody, but a lot of people really enjoyed Batman versus Superman is that meant that it would provide fuel in the engine of the DC universe to hopefully propel it towards something better. Mm-hmm. Um that's the only time I care whether or not somebody else enjoys the movie is honestly when it comes right down to it, economics. But Otherwise, why why do you care? Why does it matter? <laughs> I can sit right next to you and we can find something else to watch, but it's not going to affect my viewing and my opinion and my interpretation of the film. So why, why does it matter? It's a very and good point. I, I do agree with that, but I also believe that, like, critics have because of like how like reviews are done that like movies want to get good critic reviews so more people will go see them that things are changed specifically for critics or to make it a better reviewed movie sometimes just to make it like more well-rounded that's fair but it, a critic's mm-hmm. never going to like post an addendum and be like up oh, you know what this fanboy threw a fit and so i rewatched it and he's totally right everything i said was wrong yeah, the movie was absolutely. great like that, that doesn't happen so what do you think is going to happen once you throw a fit what good is going to come from that mm-hmm. but i that's, think yeah i i think that's the problem though is that it it's how people react if you get one side that is being just a baby about the entire situation there, it's going to make that situation look worse. I mean, look at what happened with the new Ghostbuster movie. I honestly, like, the trailers looked really bad. And I'm like, all right. I'm hearing the movie's actually pretty fun. Mm-hmm. 
but I loved it. It was fantastic. That's, that's what I've heard. But the thing that turned me off on going to see it in the theater is what's his name's complete rant about how you guys haven't even seen the movie. Yeah. I'm like, it totally turned me off because he was in defending it. Right. He did it so unprofessionally that it was just gross. And I'm like, why would I want to see something someone gross made, which I have a feeling then is probably going to be gross because if the creator is gross, then their work is probably gross, you know? And it's a stupid, it's a stupid way to look at it. But that thought kind of enters your mind when you see somebody do that, you know? When you see somebody go into like a, a review intelligently and like, I, okay, I can understand why people really like this movie. These are the flaws I see, you know, and, and they don't insult the other people who had the opposite opinion, but the moment it's, especially somebody who's a part of the making of whatever you're talking about, hands down, it kind of, it taints everything. I mean, and that's, that's totally fair. I think that's the one exception to when you should care about reviews is when you were involved in the creation of it. Um, but I just meant purely from a viewer's and fan standpoint. I just, I cannot wrap my mind around why people care so much <laughs> that they try to take a website off the internet. Like, and you know that's futile. Like, you can't honestly believe you're going to get Rotten Tomatoes taken off. All you're I doing just, is giving them more like attention. Yeah, yes. focus, yeah, publicity. Like, yeah, <laughs> as if they needed more. But there's there's more. <laughs> right. Um, okay. What I want to do now is to kind of have some fun. Now that we're kind of done talking about how just crazy this whole world of being a fanboy and movie critics and all that is. Uh, basically, the moral of the story is: enjoy what you enjoy. Don't let any other people taint what you like, and then also let other people do what they're doing. It's their <laughs> job; they're doing a job. Mm. They're not being paid by a studio to tell you that your movie is the worst movie ever made. That's just how they feel. It should not affect your viewing experience, even before you see it or after. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I want to do is, I want a, a movie from each of you that you think people widely don't like or critics don't like. And I want to see what it says on Rotten Tomatoes about your movie. Oh gosh! So, what, do like, we want it to like decade, like all like, whatever you want? Okay. Yeah, just a movie you know that is not widely popular either by people like fans or critics. It doesn't matter. I but we still like Ooh, it. I call, no. Yeah, I kind of Star Wars Episode One. Like Star a, Wars Episode One. Like a guilty pleasure. <laughs> okay. All right, Star Wars Episode One. <laughs> Uh, it does not find that movie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it does not exist. Just the movie does not wiped exist. Wiped away. Please. Are you, who wants to go first? She, I'm looking up Phantom Menace, so you can keep listing them so I can... Um, Jupiter Descending was one that I actually kind of liked a lot. Ooh. That's a tough one, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I liked it, but I did. <laughs> and no one did. I'm the only person in the world who liked it. All right. <laughs> Jenny, you got one? Roadhouse. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Of course. Absolutely. <laughs> that movie's great. The movie's amazing. It's, it's got the Swayze in it, man. Wow. Can't go wrong with Swayze. They don't, they don't have Roadhouse? How, really? Have, on Rotten Tomatoes, they don't have Roadhouse? They have it might have been too old, because like a lot of like 
a lot of pre two thousand stuff is. Well, they got nineteen eighty four. They got nineteen fifty three. Roadhouse sixty six. <laughs> they don't have Roadhouse. Mm, yeah, yeah in, not. But when when did Roadhouse come out? Like eighty seven or eighty eight? Yeah, like, it might be too they old. They have for Roadhouse eighty nine. I'm no, they have Roadhouse 89 on there. Dave. There it is. I found Come it. Come on. All right. All right. <laughs> Stupid spelling error. I, just, <laughs> I didn't put a space between road and house. That was the only thing. I'm just, uh, i got to fix their search thing to include everything. Okay. Uh, Star Wars Episode 1 is a 55% on the tomato what? meter. Ooh, yeah. That's not too bad. But audience score of sixty percent liked it. Huh. That's pretty uh, fresh, then. That's yeah, fr- 100, 118 fresh, ninety five rotten. So more fresh than rotten. That's surprising, actually. <laughs> um, I wonder. I'm sure Jupiter Ascending is like in the, yeah, in the teams. I'm doing Jupiter Ascending last. Teams. I'm gonna I save think that, that one for last. Gotta be the worst. <laughs> it, 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 it has to be, it, and I don't know why I like it. Uh, coming in close behind it though is the Roadhouse with the Sways, thirty nine percent. Ooh, Tw- but it, but it only has thirty one reviews. Twelve mm. twelve fresh and nineteen rotten, so that could easily be flipped if more people reviewed it. Mm. Uh, audience score sixty seven percent. Fresh. People like it. Uh, Jupiter Ascending has the exact same score as the infamous Suicide Squad. Like 20-something, 27? 20, 26%. Oh, ooh. Of uh, ooh. 229 reviews, 59 are fresh, 170 are rotten, and 38% audience score. It's not, not too good. Yeah, not good at all. <laughs> uh, but Suicide score, Squad's audience score is at 73% right now. That's one. There's a big disconnect in the critics and like people who like fans who went to see Suicide Squad so far. Well, yeah, I think yeah, I I, I don't know what to attribute that to. That's a different conversation. Yeah. No, yeah, like bat. Like it, one thing is like Batman for Superman. Like it deserved the low score. I think for a lot of us, but like Suicide Squad, people actually like it a lot. I had a lot of fun with it. I definitely think. I, you have to see the flaws, but at the same time, that doesn't stop me from having fun. I laughed mm-hmm. a lot, and that's what mattered to me. Well, here's here's what I think is a better rating than a tomato, if I may say so. <laughs> yes. And this is how this is how I rate movies. And I know this is kind of because I'm an old lady, and now in the world of streaming, no longer applies. But would you own it on DVD, or is it just something you would rent? That's how nope. I always rate if a movie's good or but not. But for me, mm-hmm. though, I'm a collector. So even though I hated Batman vs. Superman, it's sitting on my shelf. <laughs> I, oh, have, wow. I have to have all of the DCEU, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I just have to, because I'm that much of an addict, apparently. <laughs> or I like to torture myself. One of the two. I think it's the second of the two. Probably. I didn't. My, <laughs> uh, my movie is Running Scared, the Paul Walker movie. I, I, I know. don't. People hate I that movie. I don't think I've heard of that movie. Yeah, uh, I don't think. What's it? Yeah, what's it about? Oh, it's so good. It's a, he's like a like a like a mobster or something. I don't know how to describe it, but he's in this this mob and he's got a, a wife and a, and a kid and this kid's friend goes missing or he gets taken and so, but he's also like a witness to a, a murder. Hmm. So this so Paul Walker's character has to find him. It's been a while since I've watched it, but I love this movie. The ending is such a good twist, too. There's a twist to this movie. 
Um, and it's got a lot of good action and like Paul Walker's in it, Vera Farmiga's in it. And, uh, wow. it's, it's I got a, a good cast and yeah, it's a uh, 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. Dave, what is Saw 2 at on Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> Saw 2. Oh, that's, that is, that's, a, that's an interesting one. Yeah. The, no, like it, Saw is like one of my favorite, like guilty pleasure series. That's just like terrible, but I love them. Saw 2 <laughs> is at 36%. Yeah, that's why I figured. <laughs> uh, Fifty nine. Saw two. Wait, wait. Is Saw two the one with Donnie Wahlberg? Uh, yes. Yeah. It is. Okay. Well, he's in the first one mm-hmm. too, isn't he? Briefly. Uh, no. He's the he's the detective of the second one trying to find his son. Okay. I'm pretty sure, isn't it? Yeah, I think, I think how so. it is. That, that sounds familiar. Which which Star Wars movie? Now they have only. Uh, hang on. Let me pull them up. Which Star Wars movie do you think is rated highest on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, uh probably seven. The highest, I, I, I think, say, Empire. Yeah, I would say Empire. That's that's the fan, hands down. Almost everyone you ask, it's Empire. It's really close. I think it's seven, though. I feel like it. Nope, ninety four percent goes to Empire. Wow, what is seven at? Is that like ninety two or ninety three? Seven's at ninety two. Episode four is at ninety three, and then Jedi is at eighty. Wow, but yeah, episode three is at seventy nine. Hmm. Clones is at sixty five, and then episode one is at fifty five, and no, no that rating kinda, yet for Rogue it One. Kind of makes sense though, and I, I'm gonna defend episode three a little bit. Minus that it looked horrible, the storyline was was well, okay. You have minus the, the Natalie Portman thing at the end, but you finally get some really good Ewan McGregor acting in that movie. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not. I'm being serious. I, I know, I know, but that's what I'm saying. It's like. It was just poorly produced, and it goes back to kind of the whole theme of this conversation, is if that movie, if you took the same script, same actors, and you had a different director, and you did things just slightly different, that would have been amazeballs. Like, it would have been a good movie. But when you start piling up all the things that went wrong with it, like way too much CGI, um, the really fast, like it was really slow until the end. And then it's like, we have to cram all this in because we only got 20 minutes left. You know, like there's a lot of issues with that movie there. If they would have been fixed on the cutting floor, like that movie would have been good. Uh, it, It should be known that while Suicide Squad is at 26%. The Star Wars Holiday Special is at 43%. And that is just god-awful. The Star Wars Holiday Special was a CBS, like, TV event. But nobody's getting upset of that bad review? Because that that review does kind of take credibility away from everything. Because Star Wars Holiday Special is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. That sounds awful. I think that's the worst thing anybody has ever seen. You can, JD, JD, you should just watch it on YouTube because it's there and just marvel at how bad it is. What could it even be about? It's, uh... They don't have Christmas There's Star Wars, do they? It's Life Day on Chewbacca's home planet and so he's trying to get... No, you're gonna watch it. You're gonna watch (laughs) it. (laughs) I'd I'd rather, like, watch... Quicksand. There's oddly some. It's weird. about to watch it and like live stream your reaction <laughs> yeah. to it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like periscope it. Just like, oh my god, <laughs> that would be that would be great. Uh, How Jen- many beers does it take to get through this? <laughs> oh yes, Jenny, you that loved- should be a new rating system. How many beers yeah. does it take to get through this movie? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Batman, Batman vs Superman: A Solid Six. Like I need to be. <laughs> That's very- like a twelve pack. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, Jenny, you liked Legend of Tarzan, right? I did, but again, I'm I'm not. If I was a critic, I would have totally bashed that movie. It has a gazillion thought like flaws mm-hmm. in it, but it was fun. It was super fun. I mean, Samuel L. Jackson is Samuel L. Jackson in every other movie, mm-hmm. and they totally. I mean, Christoph Waltz. I love him, but he was just the classic Christoph Waltz. There mm-hmm. were ridiculous scenes in it. There's a twelve pack I, in that movie. Well, that is just yeah. Hello. Um, the but, picture showed up on my screen. I really don't need to see him shirtless all the time. Oh, I, everybody <laughs> needs to see him shirtless yeah, all the time. Yeah, I was going to say, you definitely do, Dave. Is it Margot Robbie in that movie? Are there any pictures she of her? Is. She is. But she was, I mean, even her character, like, they they did the damsel in distress, but they also made her kind of badass, you know? Like, she, yeah. You know, like, they, they tried really hard at making it a really good movie, but they kind of stepped on their own toes with their cheesiness. But I, I felt it worked. It, it's not so bad it's good. It's just fun. Like mm-hmm. like I said, leaving when I was leaving the theater, my boyfriend looks at me and he's just like, that was the worst movie I've seen in a really long time. Smart man. That, Smart that, man. That was horrible. And I'm like, what? I totally loved it. I go, I thought it was so much fun. I walked out of it. Knowing that those two hours, I had a great time. Yeah, that was directed by the guy that did all the Harry, all those Harry Potter movies. I had no idea. Really, I think advertisement does a great service or disservice to a movie too. Like I think Mm -hmm. with the Legend of Tarzan, I didn't realize going into it that they were going so far off the classic Tarzan story, but that's why I enjoyed it because I was going into it expecting. Regular old Tarzan origin story, and that's not what it was, and I really enjoyed that aspect. Uh, another great example is Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, which was advertised as a comedy, and that's not what it was. It was a fantastic film, but if you went into it expecting comedy, that's not what you got. Oh, so good, good I to think I've yet to watch oh, that. Yeah, one. I was about to say I thought it was a comedy too. I know, I mean too. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's, it's a not? great film. It's not. It's not a comedy. Uh, I mean, there's funny parts in it because it's Tina Fey, but it is mm. much more of a like polydrama. Um, really, I highly recommend it, but not a not a that comedy. Changed, like it was one of those movies on my list of like if it was on TV, you know, on HBO or something. I might stop and watch it, but it didn't. Now I'm kind of intrigued by it, but that's, that's the classic flaw with everything. I think is that it, the trailer can make or break you. Yeah. And I think that's what destroyed the ghostbusters is that trailer looked really bad. Hmm. I had no desire to see that movie until other people started seeing it. And you know what? They actually did a good job. And I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah, the first trailer for Ghostbusters. Like, okay. Yes, I'm a huge fan of the original Ghostbusters. I love it to death. And I was hesitant when they said they're rebooting it. And then when they said they're doing it with women, I said, oh, all right. Let's see what this is. You know, it could be something cool. (laughs) Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I want to still. Uh, the first trailer did not leave me feeling very optimistic about it because <laughs> it just didn't look good. Mm. At the same time, you, I don't judge things by the trailer. I, I get excited by them, sure, if they're really good. Like, you know, DC has a way, or the Suicide Squad trailers I thought were really well done. And then Marvel, yeah. Marvel has a way of doing really good trailers all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just do too damn many of them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, if I... <sighs> I, I guess I lost track of where I was going, <laughs> but I get it though. Uh, yeah, you trailer, want to see the trailer's important. Yeah, yeah. 
but there's also there's break. also movies though where they do the trailer and the trailer looks amazing and then you go mm-hmm. see the movie and you're like yeah it was okay it was good yeah. say, has know? anyone seen lights out yet not yet i i've heard it's uh, really good the other one is it? don't breathe i heard that movie's really good yeah, I heard Don't I, Breathe is awesome. Yeah, I heard Don't Breathe. Lights Out was one of my favorite horror movies in like past since 2010. Short. Super, super oh, good. Yeah, like it's very well made, and I think that's the biggest difference. I, it's, like, I told, I told crafted you. well. You saw I the movie, you, or are you talking about the like, short? Oh no, the actual like full length movie. Oh okay. Like yeah, is the full length movie is awesome. Oh yeah, it's super good. I, I think that this whole out. conversation brings up a good point too. That like. Your friends' reviews are always going to mean so much more than a critic's review anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, if a critic tells me, go see this movie, I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, I'll wait. <laughs> but if my if my friend tells me this movie was amazing and I know we have similar tastes, that means so much more. Like, hearing from somebody that's not a critic that Whiskey Tango Foxtrot's not a comedy and it's worth seeing is more impactful than a trailer or a critic. Yeah. I, I, Absolutely. I'd say that works totally both nailed ways. It. Yeah, it totally nailed it. But that's also why this whole stupid thing about let's shut down Rotten Tomato is stupid because mm-hmm. go to the go to the site that you support them. There's got to be a critic out there that sees eye to eye with you, read their right. reviews. You know, it's don't go to the ones that disagree with you all the time. You know, yeah, it, but, uh, that's what you're no looking one, for. But yeah. no exactly. one's holding a gun up to your head saying you have to go visit Rotten Tomatoes to look at your reviews. <laughs> There's not yeah nothing's happening like that. I hope that would be very weird, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say there's a lot of people I respect and that I'm friends with on Twitter that are right now currently not liking Suicide Squad, and I'm just yeah. like, I it it bothers me because I'm like, did we see the same movie? Because I really enjoyed it, and I really I did too. really respect I, these people's opinions. Mm-hmm. I'm in the exact same boat, Dave. I feel that exact same way. I know so many people who are just railing on it, and I'm like, man, I had a lot of fun with it. But I do see, I understand their opinions. I just don't see eye to eye. It's got to be mm-hmm. like even worse because the ones I'm seeing are like about how the the Harley stuff is treated and mm-hmm. uh, as like a feminist type thing, <laughs> like that. That that would take its own. Uh, I think podcast to get into. Yeah, like, that, I don't. That, yeah, I don't want to get into that. I can't tap into that conversation right now. <laughs> <laughs> next time, next time we do our, our 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 lady episode with Jenny, and we'll get Amelia, and and of course you, Shannon, and we'll talk about it. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> we'll get into it. All right, I think that's gonna wrap up our show tonight. Uh, good stuff as always. We'll probably end up talking about this again in the future because it just keeps on happening. Um, mm-hmm. Jenny. You did some cool stuff this weekend. I did a lot of cool stuff this weekend. You, I, did, you did some interviews, huh? I did. I've got some audio. I've got to got to pull apart and what, and uh, do. But yeah, what, what can people look forward to hearing? Um. Well, so I I missed the opportunity with Elvira. But oh no, we're, we're oh. working on that. So stay tuned. I might have a trick up my sleeve. Keep your finger crossed. Send good vibes out in the universe. JD and Dave, you definitely want to send good vibes out in the universe. Absolutely. Um, Always. But I did get to interview a couple of the NSYNC boys today, which I, <laughs> I'm old. I'll just admit it. So NSYNC, I was in college when NSYNC was big. So I was not, I'm more of a new kids on the block kind of girl. But I grew up loving Joey Fatone. Like, 
my big fat Greek wedding and such. He's like the nicest, sweetest guy ever. So basically they were there promoting Dead 7 for sci-fi. So got just a quick interview with him, which was cool. I'll put up all the audio and um, the whole interaction. Um, Also met the two guys, uh, the art director and the lead for Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. Um, They they basically released the two new mazes this year, which I don't know. You guys are all over the country, but... The, if you're into horror, a bucket list item is to come to L.A. and do the Universal Halloween Horror Nights. It they It's Hollywood makeup artists doing scary mazes. So it was cool. What about, um, what about it, Knott's Berry, the scary farm version? Not so, not scary farm is fun, too, but it's nothing like... <laughs> I was just joking. It, well, seriously, like you go to... There's, there's the handful of things you do in Southern California in Halloween. You... Go to the Queen Mary because it's the haunted ship and they put mazes and it's creepy. But it's it's like your average haunt. You know, it's mm-hmm. got people dressed up as ghouls and stuff like that. Um, Not Scary Farm takes it to a whole new level. Like it's they put a lot of money into their mazes and their mazes are really creepy. Um, then you've got Disneyland, which is if you have little kids because Disneyland's not scary at all. It's just <laughs> cool Halloween stuff. But not Scary Farm, there are mazes that even I don't want to go through again because they freak me out so bad. Really? They do an amazing job. They And they own the rights to everything. They own the rights to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, to Freddy Krueger, to Michael Myers, to Jason Voorhees. So not it's not a cheesy actor in makeup. It looks like them off the screen is in front of you like the first time i ever went we're going through the friday the 13th maze and we turned the wrong corner and we ended up behind the wall where you're not supposed to be and leatherface is oh wait no this oh this was the texas chainsaw one so leatherface is standing behind the wall waiting to jump out at somebody we're talking this actor that playing leatherface had to be seven feet tall and had to be about 350 pounds. And we, we just stopped dead in our track. And he just sort of points like that way. Like, we're, sorry, we're going. Yep, yep, no, no problem. Everything is top-notch Hollywood budget type sets. And it's amazing. So they, they went on today. And um, so I'll, this will be more in the article and such. But they talked about the creation of their two new mazes, which sound and the little sneak peeks look pretty awesome. They're doing Krampus. Um, so they're turning a part of the back lot into a, a winter snow scene. Um, and then the big one, which I don't know if they did well in selling it to us, but I'm very intrigued. But they're doing an exorcist maze. And the like, way like they... for the reboot? Uh, they're doing an old Linda Blair style. Wow. But the entire movie's her on a bed. Like, how do you do a maze about that, right? Through Through the house, maybe? Well, that's what he said is like they're recreating the house. So it's almost like the movie posters. Oh, seriously, if they've got some girls spider crawling down the stairs, I'm out. Well, and they might. I mean, and they do a lot of cool things. They they were talking a little bit about that when they did Crimson Peak last year. They had a lot of behind the scenes actors that you would never see. But like, and I kind of remember this and now I feel bad because I was messing with it. Um, In the Crimson Peak house, when you'd walk by, a doorknob would start twisting. And you're like, oh, oh, interesting. So you'd grab the doorknob and then the doorknob would stop. And you're like, oh, and you'd walk away and you would think it's like, you know, 
mechanical, like it's on like a thing. No, they hire people with monitors that watches reactions. And when people get close, that's when the person on the other side jiggles the doorknob. Like they go all out with practical effects. So it was, it was really cool um, to talk with those guys and to listen to them, you know, explain how to do a maze when the entire set is just a demon in a bed. Mm-hmm. So it sounds it sounds pretty awesome. Um, interviewed a couple of um, of smaller actors that have like YouTube videos. Um, that was really fun, interesting thing. Got to see a couple of couple of the flicks, and they're they're funny. They're they're intriguing, um, but just walking around to top notch cosplays. Um, a lot of creepy clowns though, but. Um, Oh man, some of the some of the people dressed up. There was an entire room just for LARPing. And oh. there were there were some really interesting people. The the post-apocalyptic um LARPing uh, room was it was uh it was entertaining, I should say. <laughs> but it was it was really cool. They did a great job with it this year. And from what I hear, this is my first year doing this one, and I hear every year it gets a little bit bigger and they get a little more, you know, little more movies that they start to show. They did have a Blair Witch table set up, which um, I'm going to sound really bad, but every time I walked past this table, it was like a teenage girl that looked like she was having the boringest day of her life. And she's like, do you want a raffle ticket? I'm like, oh, what's a raffle <laughs> ticket for? Put your number on the back. Every hour we call the number and you can win a T-shirt. I'm like, Yay. oh, that's cool. That's awesome. Here's your ticket. What a, what a, she's the perfect hype woman. Right. I thought it was I thought it was just her, but then I went back today because I was like, oh, I'm gonna try to win another t-shirt. I go back today and it's a different girl and she's just like, Do you want a ticket? <laughs> wow. So I don't know if it was part of the, the gimmick, but it was it made me laugh. But they had there was cool um a lot of the local um haunts. I don't know if you, if it happens in the cities you guys are in, but especially here in LA, a lot of People that have houses with a lot of property, they do their own haunts every year. And some of them go insanely out of bounds with what they do. So what was nice is when you're walking the showroom floor, a lot of the a lot of the um the booths were private haunts. It's like, yeah, I turn my house into a big haunted house every year and uh it's open from these days. Come on by. We take donations. You know, it's like cool. Very cool. And there was like the best the coolest part was there was a private thing. There was all these QR codes that if you scan the QR codes, it would tell you to go somewhere and you'd go somewhere and then somebody would lead you somewhere else. And then they would lead you. I didn't do it cause I, I was stuck in panels and such, but a friend of mine did it and said that it was creepy and awesome. So <laughs> they did a great job with the, the festival. So Very definitely cool. can't wait to see what they do next year. Something to look forward to on the website. You can actually go to our Twitter account at atomic kingdom or Instagram or Facebook. Uh, and see all the pictures she took while she was there. And I thought they were awesome. And they were fun. I'm looking forward to hearing what you had to say to Joey Fatone. He's adorable. But both <laughs> of them are. Him and, uh, what's his name? Christopher, right? Chris? Chris Kirkpatrick? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I'm not a... And by the way, I never... I, 
Dave obviously is more up on his boy bands than I am. <laughs> I didn't know what evil. I'm like, why are they here? Why is NSYNC at a horror thing? And they're like, oh, that, yeah. that zombie movie or whatever they're doing. Yeah. Seven, the new sci-fi movie. Well, that's because like, I know that because one of our previous guests from the bloody bombshells, uh, she represents Joey Fatone and she's always talking about it. And I saw her with Joey Fatone at wizard world in Madison. Um, and she was talking about it there or he it, was, it looks so it looks ridiculous. It's basically boy bands and, you know, these guys there, it's post-apocalyptic cowboy. So they're trying to kill zombies in like a Western and like, they each have like their special powers, I guess, but they're all just like drunk gunslingers. <laughs> and I'm just like the whole party into it. So I, <laughs> the, the, the next Sharknado. Yeah, it's no, totally I, I'll watch it though. Sharknado Western with boy bands. Like oh, it's it's, awesome. it's all the right notes. Oh my god, it's all the right notes. <laughs> uh, you you had me at Western zombies, but. You doubled it up, doubled down on the boy band. (laughs) Icing on the cake. Uh, You guys can look ridiculous. You guys can follow all of Jenny's crazy LA adventures. You're on Twitter at Robbie Art and JD as he's getting ready to move to a new state and start a new school year and a whole crazy brand new life. A new life is that. Yeah, Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. You're at J Freaking D. Still my favorite Twitter handle. Me too. One of my favorites. <laughs> uh, and then Shannon, our newest member to the team, uh, she writes for the Geekly Planet as well. So all of her fine fine uh, stories are all there at geeklyplanet.com. And if they want to follow you, which they should, you're on Twitter at? Uh, Babs the Batgirl. One of the best Twitter handles ever, also. <laughs> um. So, okay, cool. Uh, that's our episode this week. Again, there's a geek out on Thursday night, as always, which will be a, probably pretty crazy, actually, now that I think about who's going to be on that show. Um, <coughs> lots of craziness. So we'll talk all kinds of cool stuff, and we will see you all next week. Jenny typically gets the last word on every episode because uh, the story behind that, Shannon, is... Every time I would close out an episode, she would always have to have the last word. She'd always say one more thing before I'd hit stop, and I would just never delete it, because it's just pretty funny. Um, so, <laughs> uh, every week she gets a random last word, and this week, Jenny, the last word is... Whatever. 